I'm really frustrated when women say, oh, well, it's just natural. It's just what happens and it's fine. I'm okay. Are you okay? Is that how you normally are? Can be any number of symptoms. If it's changed for you and it's different for you, then let's start looking at the bigger picture. You're listening to The Bookkeeper's Podcast, sponsored by Xero. I use Xero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to Xero.com with an X and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Xero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeeper's Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman, I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined today by our guest, Jane Pangborn, who is the founder of Menopausal Not Mad. Hi, Jane, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for asking me about my favourite topic, which I know you're going to introduce now. Absolutely. <laughs> We can't wait for this. And Joe jo is particularly excited uh, from behind the scenes. We've got so many questions about this. Um, bit of a, an interesting potentially topic for our audience. We want to make sure uh, that everyone who's listening knows this is super relevant. And, um, you know, we're a very female community. There are lots of guys in our group as well. And um, we, we're just aware, you know, like we're both in our 40s. We're building businesses changes in your health at this sort of time in your life can affect your performance, your relationships, your health. And we thought this would be a really good conversation to have. So um, Jane, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about what you do? Yes, indeed. Um, so my name is Jane Pangborn. I am the founder of Menopause Are Not Mad. Um, I suppose my elevator pitch would be, it's a lot longer than this, but it would be I help women to effectively and safely manage their HRT regimes. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but that kind of summarises. My world is HRT, which for those who don't know it, is um, hormone replacement therapy. So Jane, me and you met um, because we've both been part of this Meta Facebook initiative because we're both, with Zoe as well, we're growing communities. So we've got the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. Um, what's your community called? So my community is called the HRT Truth Collective. Uh, at the moment, we are, I think, just coming up to 32,000 globally. Um, we get about an extra 1,000 to 1,200 um, female members uh, a month. So it's busy, busy, busy. And um, yeah, all we talk about in there is HRT. We do have a little bit of a touch on other women's health um, elements as well. But that particular group is just HRT. And women come into the community um various stages of menopause um most often it's women who come in saying oh my god what the hell's happening i don't know what to do so we start there there's the little newbies our little babies and then we have the um the sort of other other side of the spectrum where the other half of the community is generally women who've been on HRT for a while or even for a long time, things have changed and they might want to make some changes to their regime. Their doctor doesn't necessarily know what's happening. So therefore they're asking for advice. So they're kind of two ends of the spectrum really in our community. And I think it's safe to say that like as a nation, this really has started to come to light recently more and more in the media. I mean, I remember that back in the early 90s, you know, there was all this scaremongering about HRT and and these incorrect links to breast cancer. So I remember, you know, my experience with my mum, she was like, oh, I'm not touching it, you know, because of she was scaremongered by. Um, the, and then obviously, we've got Davina McCall's been coming more and more into the media and other people it, like it started, the conversations have started. And so we felt it was really important, because 
we are a massively female community, but we've got guys here too. And it's so important for the guys to understand because we're not just talking about, and even if you're a young woman here, or if you've already been through the menopause and doesn't matter where you're at, because it's not just about your own health. It's about the people around you, family members, maybe staff, maybe suppliers. It doesn't matter. We're always interacting. And it's really good to understand and have this knowledge, even if it's a basic knowledge about maybe what someone else is going through. And We've heard some, you know, Zoe, I think, you know, she, she spoke to me recently about somebody that she knew that was having kind of, I think, feelings of like, oh, well, that's just life. And I'm not gonna be able to go for a promotion now because this is the way my body is. And, and we were like, oh, no, that's really so we want to start having yet yeah, these conversations and making it not kind of, you know, something that we talk about behind because and what I was saying to Jane is that when I've had conversations, uh, we've been to networking events face to face. As soon as the event's over and me and some of the bookkeepers are chatting, this comes up all the time face to face, but we don't really talk about it again in person on like on a digital level. So we thought, let's break that mold and let's have a chat. So for everybody that's listening, that doesn't matter if they're going through this and experiencing this, it is really important to understand this isn't it? because it's going to affect somebody that you know at some point. <laughs> It is. Um, I've written down about 15 things that I want to talk about from what you've just said, Joe, uh, because there's so much to say. And I apologise in advance because once I'm on my topic, I tend to ramble. So feel free to interrupt me because I get really passionate about it. Um, <clears throat> I want to do address. <coughs> excuse me. I want to address your first uh, one of your comments. Sorry about men. So go back to that. And I am going to address your your last question in a second. Um, absolutely vital that men understand. Um, I do have a, a men page, uh, a little men blog, men, uh, men and the menopause on my website, if anybody wants to just pop on there uh, in the blog section. Um, it's interesting because you'll get, again, two ends of the spectrum. You'll have some men that um, desperately want to know, and they desperately want to help their partners or their mothers or their sisters or their friend. And then other men are like, oh, don't talk about vaginas oh my god we don't say that word that's so scary and I must say the word vagina about 500 times a day so it's kind of normal speak in my world but I appreciate it's kind of difficult for some for some people men need to um, be given the opportunity to support women so just that basic knowledge is often enough and I don't mean men can only digest basic knowledge that's not saying what i'm saying is they don't really need to know all the details of it because actually as long as they've got an understanding of what's happening to the person that they love then they can usually support um so yeah 100 however having said that my community is female only just from a safety perspective and from a reassurance perspective that's better for that particular community i haven't discounted having a men's group though so just throwing that out there um just in terms of age uh the uh it's not just we older birds like me so I you know I'm 56 now and it's not just that midlife I can't bear that word by the way midlife stage of life it's it can I have some women in my community who are in their 20s who are menopausal for various surgical reasons health reasons genetic reasons and uh, they need the same support that women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. My oldest client is nearly 90 now. So, you know, it just all ends of the spectrum um, are important to, to consider. Um, 
I know I'm rambling now, but I am addressing the things that you just said, Joe. Um, so, so then in terms of the history, um, the reason we are where we are with the whole scaremongering about HRT, HRT is terrible for you. HRT is going to give you breast cancer. It's a natural thing that um, uh, that we go through menopause. We shouldn't mess with nature. Oh, that always just gives me palpitations. I can't bear it. So um, uh, we were actually doing quite well with the development of HRT until about 20, I think it's 22, 23 years ago, when the uh, Women's Health Initiative um, study uh, was leaked before it had been properly assessed. And um, essentially, there was a tiny little bit of information that related to breast cancer. And of course, the media got hold of it. And everybody was told in the media, you're all going to get breast cancer because you're on HRT. And we we're actually doing quite well up to that point. And estrogen was known to be a really protective anti-inflammatory hormone. And as we age, we lose our estrogen because our ovaries just stop working eventually. Um, hence menopausal. Um, and, um, and so we're more at risk of things like cardiovascular problems, um, osteoporosis, dementia, diabetes, depression, because our bodies just don't cope very well with having the low estrogen. So now we're kind of clawing back um, on um, after that study, we're clawing back the, um, the good stuff about HRT. And we're now, uh, well, we realized a long time ago, but we're now hopefully a bit more aware that um, HRT is very protective, very good for us. It helps us to, well, it helps all the cells in our body. Almost every cell in your body has an estrogen receptor attached to it. So you could have anything from um, sore ankles to a foggy brain to a dry vagina. So, yes, we say the word vagina yet again. Um, and um, and your periods may or may not be there while you're perimenopausal. They, they come, they go. Um, so loads and loads and loads of symptoms can be down to being perimenopausal. Um, and sadly, we're now, well, not now, we have been told that it's um, it's okay, which is part of aging. Well, it's not okay. So that, yeah. that is something about it. Jane, can I, um, I'm going to sound really ignorant here, but can, can we like go back to basics for people who maybe aren't familiar, like, I don't know at what point you would have HRT or you'd have that conversation. And I think there are like some words even before that about the difference between being menopausal and perimenopausal and what that means. And generally like I'm 40 and I, I have conversations like about this with my friendship group, but I don't know when to expect this to happen. You know, it's not certainly not something my mum would want to talk to me about. So um, I just like for people other women in the group guys who are in the group what do these terms mean and yeah that that would be really helpful sort of groundwork for me no problem um so um perimenopause is the time when your um your body is getting ready to be uh, for your periods to stop and for you to no longer be fertile so um uh, you'll you'll probably experience a lot of fluctuations in your mood and in uh, symptoms coming and going so essentially if it was on a on a graph um oh that sounds quite that, that's that, that's not my world graphs but uh, anyway hopefully that fits in with your your audience anyway if you were looking at a graph which i never do um your hormones would be doing this the whole time um which they kind of do anyway throughout the month but it's a bit more strategic and a bit more uh, um planned out whereas when your estrogen is reducing and your progesterone is is reducing and and then it goes up again and goes down again there's a lot of this going on throughout the month so 
you'll probably find, and often it's retrospectively, you'll look back, and I certainly did, because I think I was perimenopause when I was about 37, 38. I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I thought you took hormone replacement therapy to look younger. So that's, you know, that's what I thought in my 20s and 30s. But regardless, um, if I look back retrospectively, I know that my um, uh, lack of libido, my fluctuating bouts of anger I mean I, I'm not an angry person but my my fluctuating anger and a general uh, wasn't even a depression it was just tearful and just starting to feel really odd and not unhappy but just strange um, so for me I retrospectively can see that was the beginning of my perimenopause now there are so many different symptoms that could um, uh, occur for a for any of us um, that it's difficult to pinpoint it so I usually would say to a woman okay you've come to me because you're feeling different you're not feeling good let's talk about what that is so she might say well you know my periods are really erratic um, I cry a lot my skin's really dry my hair's falling out um, any number of about 40 or 50 symptoms and on their own, those symptoms might be seen as something very sort of normal. It's just, oh, you're a bit stressed or oh, you've had a bit of a cold. So no wonder your skin's dry or whatever. There can always be something else that's the cause. But when we start to pull the picture together and, we, and we'll say, well, actually, for example, a woman might say to me, um, oh, I um I leak when I go to the, you know, when I go to the toilet, I stand up and then I, I leak and I obviously haven't been properly or I can't get to the toilet in time. And so I'll say, OK, so there's obviously some bladder issue um, is uh, and then she'll say, well, is that is that normal? Well, it's common, but it's not normal. And then she'll say, oh, but I've always been like that. So that's when I'll say, well, look, OK, when you say always, do you mean for the whole of your life, or since you were 10, or since you were 12, or since you were 30. And most often in those situations, and not necessarily just with that symptom, she will say, well, now you mention it, probably the last five or six years, and let's assume this woman's 47, I'll go, well, okay, so it's not forever. It's not, it's not the whole of your life, but it feels like it because we just absorb those symptoms and we go, oh, well, that's just me. But actually it isn't because something changed a few years ago and now it's just you. Um, and that's back to what we were saying. Um, I can't remember before or, or, or when you first asked me some questions, Joe. but um, uh, we just have this mindset where we'll, we'll say, or we're told, well, it's just because you know, that's what happens when you get older. Well, is it? So you're okay just peeing yourself on a regular basis? That's okay, is it? No. So that's fine. So we can do something about that. Um, and I really get, I'm really frustrated when women say, uh, Zoe, when women sort of say, oh, well, but it's it's just natural. It's just what happens and it's fine. I'm okay. Are, are you okay? Is that is that how you normally are? Um, and it can be in any number of symptoms, but it's if it's changed for you and it's different for you, then let's start looking at the bigger picture and just kind of see whether or not you are perimenopausal. If you are, 
then let's talk about hormone replacement therapy. And in direct answer to your question, Zoe, because I know I haven't answered it properly, um, if you um, are perimenopausal, then the sooner you add in the estrogen um, and progesterone mix that you need, the better, because you're giving yourself that protection at a younger age, rather than waiting until you're postmenopausal when your periods have stopped and you've been stopped for 12 months or more. Um, and that's when some of the degeneration let's say bone degeneration as an example has already happened has already started we want to catch you before then and get you nice and balanced so that when you become postmenopausal it's you know it's plain sailing after that oh, it's, it is it's so fascinating and i think exactly like what zoe said um we have these conversations but because we are so good at multitasking and just getting on with stuff and if as well maybe you've had um maybe you've had children maybe you haven't whatever but your bodies change like I know my husband's still got clothes like from when we met 25 years ago it's the same it still fits exactly you know like oh this jumper was nice and expensive I can wear it forever do we have that no we go through so much changes we're very you know, we change all the time. So we do get used to little things. And the thing about this is that they are kind of little things that you think, oh, I can deal with. And it was only that so me and you jumped on a call to talk about Facebook communities. Well, that didn't last for long because <laughs> Jane started, I was like, oh, well, I don't think, oh, no, no. And then she just asked me these questions. And do you know what my first symptom was, was again, back when I was like 36, 37, I went to the opticians and they said, oh, you've got dry eyes. And I was like, have I? They don't feel dry. I still cry. And they're like, oh, no, it's not the same as that. You need to have these drops. And I was like, really, do I? So that was the first symptom that I didn't even know was a symptom that someone else could see. Um, and now I've understood that it's a different thing. And that's why, and something I noticed over, it didn't start then, but maybe a few years ago, that I, my eyes would just water if I went outside or if there was any wind because my eyes were trying to make them not dry. So in my mind, I'm like, they're not dry. Look at all the water coming up. It's a different type. And I've had to learn this stuff. So you, I think you have to be kind of curious. My One of my biggest symptoms was a headache that yeah. never went away. And it was only when I started HRT that it went. And I was no. like, but okay. I've just lived with a headache because I'm, oh, I'm stressed. I've got this going on. I, I've got dry eyes. I no, don't wear my glasses enough. I made all of these excuses. And I think we're very used to just kind of making excuses for things. When we actually got talking, I mean, yeah. the fact that I ache from head to toe every day and I have bone aches. Well, mm. I got told years and years ago I had fibromyalgia. So mm. I assumed it was that. No, actually, that's gone as well. So it's really interesting. But like you say, what you've just said, and this is why you're, I'm always learning, is that you said about estrogen and how many receptors in the body. So no wonder the list is mental. And what's the funny thing as well is that the symptoms come and go. So I had a bout of about three months where I'd wake in the night and I would be like night sweats yeah. and then it just disappeared and I never had them again. And I'm like, you just feel like you're going a bit mad and then you stop thinking that you should go and see a doctor and then I actually did go and see my doctor and they said we're not going to talk to you or look at you or do anything until you're 45 bye bye go away which was really disheartening and I'd waited so it took me all of that effort and you know oh, should I talk to someone and it was November last year I, I remember it was the day of our book launch Zoe and the doctor phoned me 
at 8am in the morning as I was getting ready to go to the shard to do our book launch. And I remember it so because she phoned me and she said, but you're not 45, so we're not going to help you at the moment. And I really felt so sad because I knew that, I, you know, potentially could be, it actually took me until I spoke to you until about March this year to make a start and start getting, and, and it really has made improvements. Um, but there's still, this is why it feels like a bit of a sordid subject, because if your GP is going to turn you away and say, like, make you feel like it's all in your head um, and that it's not a real thing, then so, so, okay, so someone, maybe you're listening today, maybe you're in your 20s, maybe you're in your 50s, doesn't matter, and you've, you listen to some of the things we said and you think, oh, maybe, maybe there's something going on there. Um, so should you go to your GP? And if you're going to go to your GP, how could I have been better prepared to have that conversation? OK, so it's quite a difficult one, this, because I I'm not into GP bashing and I'm certainly not negative about the NHS. They have a really, really difficult job to do. But we're in the situation where through no fault of their own, GPs have not been trained in menopause so GPs a lot of them will admit I don't know anything about HRT or I don't know anything about menopause or perimenopause so they'll either make some some of them are excellent I will precursor this by saying that some of them have really gone out of their way to learn what they need to learn but you'll either get um, a response of like you had um, Joe, you're not old enough you're too young you can't possibly be perimenopausal um, you can't be perimenopausal because you're still having periods which is a clear misunderstanding of what perimenopause is because you're still having periods when you're perimenopausal you're not menopausal when your periods have stopped um hrt i don't believe in hrt would be another thing a doctor might say to you it's very dangerous um, um this is common it's common for women to feel that way suck it up i've had that being said to people so there are lots of different responses however my approach is more positive than it may sound whereas i we try to get our community um either one-to-one -one or in the group community um prepared for those conversations so of course you need to see your doctor you can't just buy buy hrt any old place you can actually get it from online um uh, pharmacies but you still need a prescription anyway um and in foreign countries other countries other than uk yes you can buy over the counter but i'm not recommending that because i do want whoever it is accessing the hrt to be uh, monitored it's important that you have somebody keeping an eye on you making sure that you're doing the right thing um, we have scooped up a lot of people in our group who have been badly um, managed with their HRT, but mostly doctors um, really, really want this to work for their for their patients. So, um, you said about research, Joe, and and uh, looking into things a bit further. Uh, everybody's different, so that's is quite difficult to that starting point. But um, if you can convince your doctor. Uh, that you are perimenopausal the hrt conversation is actually really easy um you can there's plenty of information on the website and in our group and we we will just tell you what to ask for it's quite simple we're in there all the time there's a team of, of about 20 of us and we just give direct information to people based on their individual situation we're not diagnosing and we're not recommending that they as i say go and buy it from somewhere else but it's something then for them to go to the doctor and say look these are my symptoms look at the symptoms list on the website these are the symptoms i really want to try hrt 
regardless of, I tend to take the, the broken record approach, regardless of the response from your doctor, you are in charge of your body. So my response, uh, if they come back and say, oh no, we don't, we're not gonna prescribe you HRT is, I hear you, but I would like to try HRT. And this is the HRT I would like. And the HRT that I would normally recommend, there are loads and loads of different ones, but there's, um, I don't really like this phrase, but there's a, there's a sort of gold standard um, HRT, which doesn't mean the others are no good. So if you're not on this, don't panic. Um, but the um, estrogen gel with the, the progesterone tablets um, um, are known to have are now realized um, in studies that they've done that there is there are no additional risks. There's no blood clot risk. There's no breast cancer risk. There's no risk of anything terrible happening to you at all if you take this HRT. And we keep reminding our community that um, um, replacing your hormones in the way that we suggest with regulated um, uh, evidenced HRT is, is not something to be ashamed of and it's not something to be frightened of. All we're doing is replacing the hormones that our body uh, through age usually, obviously it could be, could be uh, surgical or, or medical, but um, uh, our body has decided we no longer need. And the reason our body has decided that is because in the old days, we would have been dead before we were perimenopausal and now we're much better off. We live to a longer age. So uh, no offense nature, but we're not, we're not going down that route. We've got other, other plans for the rest of our lives. And, and do you know what? That's so interesting. I heard someone say this the other day and it really made me like cement this whole idea of not having this shame around having to take HRT. So when a type one diabetic and their pancreas stops creating insulin, which is a hormone, they're given insulin and our ovaries have stopped creating estrogen. So we're just replacing it. And I'm like, why? Why has it been made such a bad thing? It just makes it makes sense, doesn't it? And it, it's just happening to more people because it's women of a certain, you know, when it happens. And it's frustrating to me when I go to the chemist to pick up my delightful HRT. Um, obviously, I, I have it by the truckload. No, I don't really. But I just, just get my, my, my monthly or two monthly supply. And on the counter, even though we have to fight for our HRT still, on the, under the counter, just in front, full view, facing outwards, is all that lovely Viagra for all those men that need it for their libido. And, you know, I'm happy for the men that they can get that. But why do we then have to fight for testosterone when we need it? Because we also lose our testosterone as well as our estrogen and progesterone. So, um, but we're told, oh, no, women don't need testosterone. Um, and that's blatantly not true. In fact, our ovaries produce three or four times more testosterone than estrogen. So, that's a whole new conversation. Oh my gosh, it's definitely a school day for me. Um, I'm. It, it's really interesting, and obviously, there's no like, there's no blanket advice here on on the podcast. Speak to your GP, make an appointment if you feel like any of these symptoms are things that are coming up for you, and to talk about whether it's the right thing for you. Um, and also, you know, you made me think about you know people used to just die before they got to this age. You'd also hear, I don't remember what I was listening to, but I was listening to like a podcast from like olden times. And there's like, you know, a mad aunt locked in the loft, probably menopausal, probably that. Um, so, you know, like, do you think that was a thing? You're right, Zoe, actually. And I wrote an article about two years ago on the website. I think, I think it's on the website called, um, oh God, it's a big long title I gave it. But basically it's about the history of, um, of how women were treated 
and put into institutions. And uh, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking when you read all their symptoms and um, and why they were put in the institutions. And quite often they were put in the institution because they, uh, one woman was put in, I think, because she was a little bit angry, spoke sternly to her husband. So obviously <laughs> that's a completely different world. But regardless, all the symptoms they were coming up with were things that you would actually now go, oh, yeah, that's probably hormones. You know, that she was that sort of age, you know, maybe in her 40s or 30s, um, probably 30s, actually, in those days. Um, but, yeah, it's happened all the time. I mean, we don't tend to institutionalise women who are perimenopausal now, to be fair, but it's it certainly happened in the past. Um, what are some, um, if you're thinking, actually, I'd like to think about whether there's some kind of alternative way to, to cope with this, like changes in my mood or changes with something I'm feeling what other alternative solutions might there be for people oh Zoe you've just said alternatives to HRT I can't believe you just said that to me I'm, I'm really sorry I haven't palpitations that you asked me that but no I can I, I feel like you know like my what? my first port of call might be like do I need to try some vitamins like I know that sounds nuts but like I'll I have skincare oh, vitamins in my best it's no like, there's no lie so, no. Okay, so vitamins are all good, but they're not going to replace your estrogen. Um, estrogen is quite, an, people go, oh, I'm going down the natural route. Great. Fill your boots with it. It's not going to replace your estrogen. Might make you feel a little bit better. And there are some things which I'll talk about in a second, which will make you feel a bit better in those early stages. But none of them are going to replace your estrogen and give you that long-term protection against uh, osteoporosis, heart disease, and the things I mentioned earlier. So it isn't actually just about symptoms. I'm looking at that long-term health. So even if somebody came to me, she was postmenopausal, hadn't had a period for five years, and I've had a few recently, my, my community have come to me with that, and they've said, oh, but I don't really have any symptoms, but I think maybe I should consider HRT. Um, and I've said, um, if that's what you want to do, I wholly wholly advocate it because even if you don't have symptoms doesn't mean that you're not at risk of those sort of silent um uh, elements osteoporosis etc so it's still worth considering however if you really don't want to go down the hrt route or you're not quite ready to do that yet and you are perimenopausal um then if you want to, you could choose one of the sort of menopause multivitamins out there. I can't bear to say their names, but um, there are plenty of them on, on the shelf. Um, I would just say, though, if you're taking HRT, don't also take a menopause supplement because they kind of stops the balance of the HRT being as easy to manage because they sort of boost your estrogen a bit and then you're already taking HRT. So it's, it's a bit difficult to balance it. So either or at that stage. Um, but from a um, I'm a fan of supplements. So from a supplement perspective, most women, most people, actually, women and men, but most of us are uh, deficient in things like magnesium. So magnesium is a great add in, really good for sleep, good for your bones. You know, it's, it's just just good for relaxation. Um, uh, and just particularly if people are quite anxious, which is another symptom, then, then that can help. Um, so good to add in a magnesium anyway. Things like Omega-3 is really good because um, it's anti-inflammatory for the gut. The gut is quite badly affected when we're low in estrogen. You'll often find you're bloated, constipated. Then you've got diarrhea the next day. Women are um, diagnosed with IBS a million and one times a day, I'm sure. And actually, a lot of it is low estrogen. Um, so magnesium, omega-3. B12 is a great add-in. 
and vitamin D, obviously, we know what vitamin D does, great add-in. And if you are just, let's say you're having hot flushes or night sweats, you don't want to take HRT yet, a really good supplement to have, and I will mention the name because I do like them, and no, I'm not paid to recommend them, um, which I seem to say a lot, uh, is um, uh, a supplement, it's a sage supplement called Menno Force. I think you can get it from Holland and Barra or Boots, and sage is excellent at helping with things like hot flushes, um and um night sweats and I, I remember years ago i took that but please ladies do not buy the quirky little things like stick this magnet in your pants which is the menopause magnet is a big thing i have mine i bought one years ago to test it many years ago and it's um on my whiteboard as a as a magnet so uh, <laughs> just don't buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of these magnets. I've heard of these magnets. Um, Carly was just going to ask, actually, is it okay to take magnesium with HRT? She has a higher dose to help with migraines. And I take I take magnesium and vitamin D is another one that I like to, you know, make sure that I'm taking. But um, yeah, I, I agree. It's a case of, we. I mean, absolutely, you need to look at your lifestyle as well. I think I definitely have had to... Um, had to have a look at my work patterns. I am definitely not as um, bright and breezy in the mornings as I may have used to be. And I've had to slow it down. And I'm not going to be getting up before 7am. I'm sorry, it's it doesn't work for me anymore. And I need to go to bed earlier. I definitely my sleep. I think last night I worked out at 10. I had nine and a half hours sleep. And I still felt tired this morning. And I'm like, what is it? So my body is, you know, when we go through these changes, just listen to your body more. If you need to take a bath more frequently or get out in nature more, those things, of course, definitely. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think my biggest, my biggest, like, um, as I've been going on this journey and I have, you know, I've incorporated testosterone as well now, which learning about that, I was like, really? And, and also the fact that I've had to kind of, that, you know, learn about the fact that it's not actually like licensed properly here. And all of these things, I've had to learn all of this thing. But just be curious, just be curious about what am I actually feeling and stop fobbing yourself off and thinking, oh, well, that's just me. That's just life. Oh, I'm a busy, I'm a busy person. I'm running a business. I've got a family, blah, blah, blah. Um, of course, I feel like this. No, you don't have to. You can get some support and help. And maybe if we just start this conversation a bit more, then you you can see if, you know, because we do feel like we're going a bit mad. I think someone else said, I'm going mad. I'm booking a doctor's appointment. They said, I feel like I'm going mad. I'm also loving the fact that today we've managed to fit in vagina, Viagra, constipation, diarrhea into a bookkeeper's podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm loving that we've um, got to talk all about this. And actually, yeah, Kirsty's just said testosterone's the missing link. We had a conversation at Accountex about it, and that's why I started. So this is brilliant. We need to have the conversations while well, talk about it and not feel ashamed that we're going through this. Um, it's it's been really great to start this conversation today with you, Jane, and actually understand and get understand some of these uh, the things that maybe sometimes conversations move so fast. It was really great for Zoe to say, "Hold on a minute, go back. What's what what does all these things mean?" Because you go down the road a bit like running a bookkeeping business. We sometimes have conversations. And we go, "Hold on, we got to take this back to the beginning again," because these people won't understand what these, you know, what we're talking about. So, um, and we've had a conversation about that, about our communities, keep bringing it back to the beginning, because there's going to be new people that want to have that conversation at that point. Um, Jane, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been um, a great and a breath of fresh air compared to talking about software 
and yeah. graphs. We don't talk about graphs often, but <laughs> but um, it, it's been really good to just open up this conversation and make this, you know, our community a safe space to have these conversations about this. And obviously, we we don't. It's not about giving advice. It's just about being supportive and saying it's okay to think you're going a bit mental. It, we all feel the same, and we're hurting more than we did. And maybe there's a conversation to be had with the healthcare professional about about it, and you don't have to suffer alone. Perfect. Thank you for having me. And uh, you know where I am. If you need any advice, free group, please join me in the HRT Truth Collective. Let, remind us what it's called, the HRT Truth Collective. HRT Truth Collective on Facebook. Um, and um, you'll also be able to find it on the website, which is Menopause or Not Mad. Perfect. Thank you ever so much, Jane. Thanks everyone who's joined and got involved in the conversation. It's all about conversations. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Bookkeepers podcast. Why not join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com.